0: Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer.
1: Hi, this is Victoria Meyer. Welcome back to The Chemical Show. Today I have the opportunity to speak with Leon De Bruin, who is the president and CEO of Lummis. During his 30 years with the company, he's worked in eight countries and held a variety of roles in technology development, licensing, catalyst supply, and engineering activities. Most recently, prior to being named president and CEO, he led the transformation of the Lummis business from a subsidiary of McDermott to where it is today as a standalone company owned by the Chatterjee Group and Roan Capital. In 2021, Leon was named Executive of the Year by Hydrocarbon Processing. So Leon and I have some great things to talk about. Leon, welcome to The Chemical Show.
2: Thank you, Victoria. And I'm really, really excited to be here.
1: I am excited to have you here. Let's start with your origin story. What got you interested in energy and chemicals and technology and what ultimately got you to your current role?
2: Well, I've already, always had a very keen interest in technical things and decided to study chemical engineering. And while doing that, I had this, this opportunity to work with some of the smartest professors who really catapulted material science for the university I was attending. And even today, I think that is really at the forefront of our industry, a new materials, science applied into consumer products. And I think... For Lumus, that is the forefront of where we see new innovations uh, materialize, uh, creating new products, new enhancements of quality of life from every variety. And that's where I really think there's an exciting opportunity for us to contribute.
1: Yeah, that's great. So can you tell us a little bit about Lumus Just because some people may not, surprisingly, some people may not be familiar with it, although I think they should be.
2: Yeah, so... A very short answer is we are more than a hundred years old startup company in startup mode. And so we have a long history started by Walter E. in 1907. And he was an entrepreneur, innovator. And and I think he shaped the DNA of the company. We still are very entrepreneurial. We are focusing even more on innovation than ever before. And what he did is, is very relevant today. He started with molasses. As a feedstock for transportation fuels, guess where we are a hundred years later so more recently, Lumas was owned by engineering companies, and we were very lucky to be carved out from that in 2020 and become an independent pure play technology company. There's almost no investment in the world in downstream production where Lumas is not participating one way or another yeah fuels, petrochemicals, polymers, energy. And so maybe LAMAS technology doesn't resonate with many memories. I think our customers all know LAMAS. Yeah. We are, of course, focusing on, on business. And it's, it's rewarding to know that we're basically participating in some of the largest projects that are built around the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm very familiar with your polymer technology and and some of your olefins technology and other things. Really, as you say, it's it's all around the world in some of the most impactful projects and in businesses. So it's interesting. You mentioned this. Lummis is a hundred year old business. I think it's fascinating. I didn't realize it started with molasses into fuels, and here we are again, going from sugar into fuels. So that's a a very kind of circular in its own way technology, but It's a 100-year-old business operating as a new entity. And I mean, I've talked to folks that have carved out businesses from other companies. I've worked in M&A and in joint ventures myself. What are you finding as really the challenges and the opportunities of creating this new standalone company on the shoulders of the old company and the old technology?
2: Yeah, Victoria, it is amazing that three years ago, we had the opportunity to recreate a technology company with a future in mind, but at the same time, capitalizing on what has been built up for decades in terms of brain power, infrastructure, DNA culture, reputation in the market, And at the same time, we were able to use those ingredients and, and basically shape our future three years ago we had the foresight to really invest heavily our time and resources into what we felt was going to matter 10 years out 20 years out uh, so of course that is in the backdrop of energy transition and, and growth in the markets but it's also perfecting technologies it's we invigorating innovation a lot of ideas are in the heads of people and it depends on the culture of the company whether those ideas actually get cultivated and and get applied in the products that we provide to our customers technology designs catalysts and, and other technology items i think what we managed to do in the last three years is fueled by a passion you, you'll talk to anyone in lumbus they will see that three years ago we were kind of liberated became independent as a company and fast forwarded many of the ideas that were already there but now we were able to to materialize them and as a result just to name a few we created a net zero cracker ethane cracker that doesn't produce any co2 we came up with a partner to take waste plastics out of the waste stream and use it as a feedstock and bring that back into the petrochemical industry, so creating circularity. And we acquired the Saluria assets to convert stranded methane back to uh, olefins. So many things happened on the technology front. And then at the same time, we instilled a mantra in Lummus: never leave the customer. Mm. Never leave the customer means that w- we don't just work with them on the technology phase and, and make sure that it gets implemented properly and, and is operated properly, yeah. but our customers face ever-changing market dynamics, whether it's on the feedstock side, on the, on the production side, maybe pricing, maybe re- legislation, and helping our customers post-startup for the next 40, 50 years, adapting their plants operationally or with some small investments to optimize in a changing context, I think is, is part of that mantra, of never leave the customer. And, We deliver on that by organizing ourselves around the customer. We have Mm. been stepping up and continue to step up our presence close to our customers, preferably in their shops, but certainly within a driving distance. So that local expertise is there constantly with them to think along, help them, be providing consultative services. So there's a lot of things that have changed in, in the minds of our staff now that we're standalone.
1: And what strikes me with this is if if I think about Lumus as a technology business inside of an engineering organization, which you were for many years, the objective of the company is to drive more engineering hours right? I mean, that's what it feels like, at least from the outside in. How about that? From the outside in, it feels like the objective of the company is to drive more engineering hours for capital projects and what have you. And yet when you become this standalone technology company, your relationship with your customers can change, your relationship with your own business and how you approach innovation can change. And then your relationship with your employees can change because they're no longer about punching the clock and billing the hours out, although that's perhaps still a part of your business model, but it becomes something different.
2: Yeah, you got it absolutely right, Victoria. So, you know, the, the, I think the biggest change is we are now owned by shareholders that only have an interest in growing the technology business, being an excellent partner to our customers, looking for other ways to create value for them and willing to invest and I think that is hitting on what you also mentioned, mm-hmm. willing to invest in things that matter for technology without being held back by parental needs. And they are probably the biggest promoters to me and the rest of the leadership team in driving many of the initiatives. And some will succeed, some will fail, but all in all, we are really racing forward. And I don't see how we would have done this in the past. So I, I do think the, the passion and the the eagerness, the, the desire of our employees to prove that as an independent company, we yeah. can do better than than otherwise. That helps the support of our shareholders. And then finally, just every ingredient that we have, the reputation, the R&D centers, the technology scientists, engineers. I think we have a perfect storm to our favor right now where everything is is happening at the same time in the right direction.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome, and I mean, change is hard. So I think the ability to to shepherd this change along is pretty significant. I think we're in interesting times. So Lummis was formed in or became. You use the word you were liberated in twenty twenty. I think that's an awesome, awesome, awesome word to use. You were liberated in twenty twenty. We're kind of just in an interesting business environment with all the forces going on, both from the drive to net zeros, sustainability and circularity. At the same time, from an economics perspective, the war in Russia and Ukraine has really had a significant effect on global markets. What's happening in China and, and China seems to be trying to figure itself out what its next steps are economically are having a pretty significant effect. In I've always viewed Lummus as a business that is predicated on growth and on the next thing and on a continuing growing economy. Which some people would say maybe that's not the case. What do you see? What is your view and, and Lummus's view on the current and the future business and market environment?
2: Yeah, so of, of course the market drivers and, and the context that you described are all there, and you have to also remember that when Lummus stood up as an independent company. We were in the midst of COVID, financial markets were closed. We had to capitalize our company for well over two and a half billion without financial markets. But I think it's part of our mindset that we're going to make it work. We're going to get to the other side no matter what. And I think that mindset also helps us in addressing the changes that are happening in the market, Uh, the, the geopolitics, geographical shifts of production and demand, the China potentially overcapacity or not? That's still a question we're facing in the industry. What we have done in Lamas is we, we continue to be the number one technology developer for these new capacity expansion investments, and that has not changed. So the cycles in that industry are still absolutely valid for us. Mm. But two things. One, as an independent company, we seem to be more successful our success rate convinced customers has gone up relative to where we were in the past. And, and that is, I'm convinced that's the result of more passion for, for what we do and truly having better technologies. The second thing we, we have done is fundamentally changing our business model from almost entirely dependent on new investments to two things. One, customers facing the energy transition requirements are looking at adapting their assets. Think in the U S if you're a large producer of gasoline, it's not a question of when it's a question of how fast does the gasoline demand for the market you're serving is going to reduce. Yeah. And we have a role to play as a technology company with our customers, not just when they invest, but also when they operate. Think again, never leave the customer. That's our responsibility to help them look for opportunities to apply technology and move from one production target to a different production target, whether it's a different product slate or go away from gasoline and make petrochemicals. And we have a lot of in- innovations that materialize in the last three years to help. Let's say FCC conversion from gasoline to max olefin or max petrochemicals. The second thing is... Our business model has fundamentally changed to not just being dependent on investment cycles, but also just operating cycles. So we sell catalyst consumables. We provide services consultants. We help customers throughout their entire operating cycle. And that those have a different dynamic than new investments and they're almost counter trends. So I think what the industry is facing today with the, the chemical companies lowering their forecast for the full year, pausing some of the investment decisions. We're, would, we're doing better this year than we've ever done in terms of sales, in terms of revenue, in terms of portfolio, and we're seeing next year as a further step up. So I think that the de-risking of the cycles with the operating as well as investment dependency and having better services, technologies, people I think, combined with, of course, the, the repurposing of existing assets, I, I think weather's us extremely well.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great perspective because, as you say, the current operators need to find solutions. So helping them find those future solutions is critical. What strikes me is it, a lot of the things you're talking about requires a different culture requires a different type of talent, perhaps, and maybe just requires more talent, different skill sets, etc. How are you navigating the people in the culture, bringing people in, keeping as appropriate your existing employees and and helping the company and the culture and the talent within the company get to the next place?
2: Victoria, that is probably closest to my heart of all the topics. Yeah. This is where leadership matters. And remember during COVID, not many companies were able to, to adapt. Certainly we were not in a position to make drastic changes. But shortly after, uh, I remember May last here, we set up our new leadership team that is driving with me the company's business, but especially people's management and culture. And that leadership team are all individuals that have earned their ranks in our industry, whether it's in petrochemistry or in polymers or in clean fuels. And they all have a reputation of being great people managers. And then finally, they all have a stake in Lama's success going forward, which we cannot achieve by ourselves. We have to have all our staff with us. So this journey in the culture, we have, we've come a long way and we're almost there, I think, in having the, the perfect culture for our future. And that in turn attracts a lot of new talent that either is coming out of college or is in the industry and is looking for joining a company that is more modern in, in thinking like Lammas. And so we've been attracting a lot of talent in the last two years that are helping us on this cultural journey. So I think I can say that with the mindset of our leadership team the passion for a business and the selection of bright people managers we're getting there now the f- final point is we all have to celebrate successes and, you know the many companies leadership team gets a bonus if the company works hard and then we grow and the company works even harder i don't support that mindset i think everyone in a company should enjoy successes and celebrate successes and that's what we're Headed this year, we are doing a lot of more wins, celebrations or great stories where we all enjoy and, and all share in the results of where we're headed.
1: That's exciting. I think that's it's important. and I know a few people that are at Lumis, and I think they're all very positive about where the, the direction of the company is going. And, you know, talent is a challenge, right? I think we're seeing this all across. So figuring out how to, to tackle that and be able to bring in and retain that talent is important. When we think about, you know, some of the other trends that are really hitting the industry, digitization is something that really has accelerated in the past three to five years, right? So what role does that play in Lamas' business?
2: So I was listening to your podcast with Mr. Reynolds uh, of Avila, and I think he has it right. The the operational excellence is coming from digitization. Whether you look at improving operating margins, uptime, eliminating waste and, and unnecessary costs, probably addressing more profitable productions versus you know the just keep producing what we have been producing. So yeah. digitization for our customers is going to be of growing importance. In Lammus, we set up a joint venture Lammus Digital two years ago to help our customers in that journey of digitization with clear use cases. But something that I think is unique for Lammus relative to others, where we combine the first principles of our process technology knowledge We have designed the plant, so we like to think that we have some ideas on how the plant can be stretched and operated, as well as the data science from the feedback of the actual operating plant. So by bringing the two together, the actual operating data and capabilities of the plant that was invested in through data science, with the first principles knowledge, I think we can help customers to have a laser focus on optimizing their operations, besides the normal remote monitoring and, and other things. I think in addition to that, improving uptime by a one day, and Victoria, you know this, one day is a tremendous improvement. It's a,
1: it's a huge dollar amount, right? The money on the table and the the operational and the human risks that go with it are significant.
2: So I think our Lombus Digital is showing good market traction and okay. is helping our customers on that journey. I did want to say something else, and we kind of browsed over it, but you mentioned the circularity and energy. transition, yeah. right? So the decarbonization is happening, whatever your beliefs are, there's clear mandates by several governments around the world to decarbonize. And we also see new investments are going to require a clear decarbonization strategy mm-hmm. of companies. And so I think our approach has been, again, with the two brains. One is for new investments we want to have the best in class technology solution not just from an economic perspective but also from an energy intensity index point of view or, or carbon footprint point of view and at the same time we recognize there's a lot to be gained from the existing asset base our industry has built up that existing asset base over i don't know 40 50 60 years and by making one or two percent improvement in that existing asset base it has a profound impact on what we're all trying to achieve so we are addressing both what can we do to an ethylene plant how can we make it net zero even though it's been operating for a while or at least get close to it what can we do to to remove dependence on import fossil fuel firing and and go in the right direction and i think our industry has a, a big need and hopefully we, we can fill some of that need by our innovations
1: yeah i think as a as a very good perspective because we can't only invest in new to get this solution solved we have as you say this huge installed base of manufacturing plants of people of technology that in many ways actually if you look at it from where we are today versus where we were 20 years ago is already operating more sustainably with better in most cases, better carbon neutrality or, or carbon reduction. But we have to be able to optimize the existing plants. Is probably even more critical than what we do in terms of future builds.
2: Couldn't agree more. And, you know, this, this is also where partnerships matter, right? Where you move away from a traditional, I'm going to buy a technology, I have an EPC contractor, build it, and then I'm going to operate it. And, and I'll have a maintenance contractor, maintain it for the next 40, 50 years. I think we now, as an industry, realize that you have to partner to really capture those opportunities, especially for existing assets. And Mm. many opportunities that we are working on are in that space where a a client had invested in a plant 10, 15 years ago. And now we're working together with them to, to look at economic optimization, but also carbon footprint optimization. And often they go hand in hand, especially once you have a, an asset that was built 10, 15 years ago, economic parameters have shifted. And yeah. by investing in efficiency, process intensification, better catalyst or better heat transfer equipment, you can make a lot of gains without abandoning that existing assets.
1: So you talk a lot about partnership Leon. It strikes me that it comes in a couple of different formats. One I know you've you've partnered quite a lot with other technology providers and innovators to help bring technologies to market certainly in in a lot of the carbon neutral and green technology spaces as well as in digital. I think you talk about partnering with your customers as well in terms of that life cycle value. What's important to you and to in Telumis in Partnership and what makes a good partner?
2: So that's the fundamental question. And so I've headed the joint venture between Lammas and Chevron called Chevron Lamas Global for a while. And it's apparent that if there's the right trust between partners and a similar value sets, those are probably the most fundamental basis for the partnership there will be different strategic interests and that's actually sometimes helpful mm. because both will move the partnership before the strategic interest that that each have but i think having the trust that we know what the others are doing the others know what we are doing and there's an assumed an implied trust that it's all with a positive intent to get to the right outcome that is beneficial to all. So this Sharon longers joint venture was started in 2000, and we just celebrated 23 years. There's not a lot of joint Amazing. ventures that long. I'm, I'm sure you know that, Victoria. Yeah. Um, and and I think when we look at an opportunity to partner like like we did with Braskem about a year ago and, and New Hope a little before that, as two examples, we all bring different things to the table and. Nothing is perfect on day one, but if there is that shared value set and a determination of making things work, we're going to get to a perfect outcome. And you know, the Braskem partnership is now very active, and I'm sure you follow in the news with their joint venture creation in Thailand. They are getting ethanol as a new feedstock in new production of, of ethylene and then derivatives of ethylene, and we're their partner in this. And we are also looking for doing the same with our clientele. And they, they're they really happy to see that come together in, in multiple locations. So that at the end of the day, that we're collectively making a positive impact on the world. That's cool.
1: So what's next for you and for Lumis, Leon? What should we be looking for over the next 12 to 18
2: months? Portfolio expansion. Growth, not just by what we do in-house, but... We're now at a point where because of our, the breadth of our portfolio and the, the capabilities, the organizational capabilities we have, whether it's the engineers, mechanical and chemical, yeah. our ability to, to compute in a, a simulation model, what others are operating. So we have been attracting new technology innovators. And at some point it makes sense to bring them in the fold of, of Lamas' portfolio one way or another. And so, whether it's through partnerships that we just discussed or other ways, it doesn't really matter. We want to make sure that we can help our clientele, our customers, when they're looking at investment opportunities, again for a new build or for their existing assets, that we can help them with the whole value chain from the feedstock molecules all the way to the product molecules and, and the whole inter-, inter steps for that. So. Having that whole value chain and having deep understanding of the technology to get from start to finish is, I think, of value to our customer. And so bringing that into our fold one way or another is is going to be what you will see in the next 12 to 18 months. We've already done a little bit. Um, We acquired wastewater treatment technologies, formerly owned by Siemens Energy. And it's another, another area where you will see our expansion. All the processes that are being operated or invested in have some way of either consuming water or producing water or spoiling water and if we can if the industry can address that and and can eliminate or minimize consumption of water can eliminate contamination or can redirect water for especially process water for better use so we want to make sure that all of our processes have the uh, responsible use of water and responsible production of water decarbonization We cannot invent everything ourselves, so we're going to look at partnering and some of the other players and bring them in our fold. And then finally, the the industry is is more and more going from liquids to chemicals. There's massive projects planned in the Middle East that have been announced by the bigger players there. We have a role to play with that whole chain of, of feedstock all the way to final polymer product. I think we have a role to play there and we will we will invest heavily to be the partner of choice. So that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of smiles on the face of colleagues, especially the ones that you know, because yeah. we're, we're doing something right that we believe in. We have a purpose to help the world make the quality of life possible with better products that are res- through responsible technology derived. And we, we can materialize the passion that we have for innovation. So I think you'll see a lot of smiles on the face of longest people.
1: That sounds like there's some very exciting and busy times ahead.
2: It's, you know, Victoria, after 30 years in our industry, I can say this is probably the, the most exciting, rewarding phase I've ever experienced. And I hope it, it, it will last forever.
1: I agree. Thanks. Awesome. Well, Leon, thank you for joining us today on The Chemical Show. This has been excellent.
2: Thank you, Victoria. It was my pleasure.
1: Absolutely. And thank
2: you everyone for joining
1: us. Keep listening, keep following, keep sharing, and we will talk to you again soon.
0: We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.